Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Gay Actually, a new monthly series as part of the UK Film Review podcast. I'm your host Amber, I am a gay woman and my pronouns are she and hers, and I am joined by my co-host today, Joyce. Joyce, please introduce yourself. Um, I'm Joyce, I'm also a gay woman and my pronouns are she, her. Lovely. Thanks for being here, it's going to be a fun old gay time. I'm so excited. I'm also very excited, I've been psyching myself up for this. You know, it's like how we say, like, gay people just like to talk about gay things together all the time yeah this is just like my dream come true yeah (laughs) talking about (laughs) i love being gay i love film Mm -hmm. gay film it's like such a gold mine (laughs) yes (laughs) so i'll introduce this new series we're going to be talking about all aspects of lgbtq plus cinema um the old the new the good the bad the worst (laughs) Mm -hmm. um just to preface this as well we're gonna try we're gonna be talking about our favorite films that are gay um we're gonna try and avoid spoilers as much as possible for films that you may have not seen but just to beware there may be some spoilers a little sprinkle of spoilers a little sprinkling (laughs) spoiler (laughs) yes and Um, i think i mean if we ever want to talk about the ending of a specific film we can just say you know we can just be like spoiler alert spoiler alert yeah. Turn it off and watch the film and then come back to us and yeah. tell us what you thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just love to share thoughts about queer film all the time with everyone. So Yes. It's gonna yeah, it's great. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna kick this off, Joyce. Tell me I feel sorry, that was a bit interviewy. <laughs> tell me the first LGBT <laughs> film or exposure to queerness on screen that you saw. Yeah, um, so for me, the first gay characters I ever really saw mm-hmm. were all on TV. I think Skins was the first one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've not seen Skins. You haven't seen Skins? No, I'm 
the worst. <laughs> yeah, you're like the British one. <laughs> no, right? Um, yeah, but there's, there's two lesbians. Or, yeah, okay. I think they're both gay um, in season two or season three. Oh, sweet. Remember. Yeah. And I remember watching that when I was like 13 and being like, what are these they're feelings? my favorite characters. I don't know why. <laughs> I know? really like them and I have posters on my walls. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Same with Orange is the New Black. Oh, but, yeah. Orange, yeah. In, Orange is the New Black was a big one for me. I think, yes. like, I remember people would ask me if I watched it as a teen. And I was like, no. I've never seen that. No way. <laughs> yeah. I was so scared of people being like, oh, my God, you watched that? Wow. But they were literally asking me if they'd if I'd watched it so I don't yeah. I don't know what the psychology was for me the but psychology I was like... is that you subconsciously knew you were watching it for the gay women yeah I think that I think that was it yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that also um, great acting but anyway yeah it is amazing yeah um, but yeah so after that um, I wasn't I wasn't out yet not even to myself I just left yeah. the gay characters for some reason so the gayness was there all along it was <laughs> and then <laughs> One of the biggest revelations looking back on it was Pitch Perfect for me. Right, explain this to me because, right, audience, it, Joyce has said this before <laughs> and I don't understand. Pitch Perfect isn't gay. It's so gay. I'm sorry, but so Becca and Chloe, right? This is this was a whole thing back in the day. Like on Tumblr, Becca I and Chloe. I never had Tumblr. You never had, Am I even ever? real gay? I don't know. <laughs> that grew up in oh like God. 2010s. Anyway, tell me more. Yeah, so Becca and <laughs> Chloe are these two characters that are in situations that are just very queer romantically coded. charged. Mm. Yeah, it's queer coded, definitely. I mean, they meet basically in like a shower, both naked. Oh, okay. I knew. Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah. I feel like I have seen this scene and everyone was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And plus, like, Chloe always makes like little remarks that are like. Oh, oh yeah, it's a bit gay. I I forgot about this. Yeah. Okay, and maybe I shouldn't have. The second one, they almost kiss, and the actors have actually said in some interview that they also believed they should have gotten together, but it never happened. I love it when actors do that, where they're I like, know. "Yeah, obviously they were gay. The script just didn't say so, but like obviously." Yeah. And I just rate that. I feel like there's so many examples of that, definitely on screen. Yeah. We can talk about those. As this oh, podcast absolutely. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Anna Kendrick is kind of a lesbian icon. I feel like all the gay women are thirsty for Anna Kendrick. That but... is so true. They are absolutely right. For me, <laughs> it was no the one other knew one. that before, you know it now. Yes. No, I had a massive crush on Brittany Snow. The one that plays Oh, Chloe. yeah. Yes. They are so, both beautiful. Absolutely. I feel like as well, what was it? The one, the one that Anna Kendrick did with... Blake Lively was it a simple favor is that yes. what it's called I feel like everyone went absolutely mental for that they were like oh my god Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively are flirting with each other oh on god, interviews no. all the time <laughs> love it <laughs> see every brunette needs a blonde yeah oh, so true okay. <laughs> okay. um so what about you yeah so my first exposure to queerness on screen I think I saw the film Imagine Me and You classic it is <laughs> Joyce's knee-jerk reaction tells you all you need to know. The fact that it is just like a gay classic. Yeah. Um, if you've not seen it, early noughties film features Piper Perabu playing a British woman, 
very interesting. And Lena Headey, pre Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones, right? She's in Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> this is how many things Amber hasn't seen. Um, I'm going to get judged really hard for that. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, so they meet on um, Piper Perabu's wedding day of all times. She's getting married to a man. It is the 2000s, so gay marriage is not legal yet. And then they slowly fall in love, and no spoilers. But it is very, like, noughties vibes rom-com, mm-hmm. right? It is, like, it's mediocre. <laughs> I feel like I watched it when I was a teen and loved it. I was like, this is everything. <laughs> and then re-watched it last night and was like, why was this everything? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yep. Very, I feel like yeah. most lesbian <laughs> films from the noughties are like that. Mediocre, mediocre, but at the time were incredible. Yes, because we didn't have anything else. <laughs> well, that, exactly it. Like, really, kind of bad rom com. I'm gonna take it. Yeah, the acting isn't terrible. Like, it's got a good cast. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're gonna talk about. I think we're gonna go our top three favorite LGBT films, just yeah. so you, you get a sense of who we are and, mm-hmm. and we've got three different got. ones yeah that we didn't was, coordinate or anything that was also very surprising we've got completely different opinions yeah. turns out wow who knew <laughs> well now i'm nervous about your opinions about my favorites if you say I, they're so different i can't wait <laughs> oh my god don't crush my soul amber <laughs> we'll, okay. see, we'll see what happens why don't you start with your first one I'll start with my number three. Okay. I think um, that's a To good build shout. up to the best yeah. one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So my number three is The Favourite by Yorgos Lanthimos. The Favourite is one of your favourites. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's insane. You see what I did there? Mm. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. Um, so I love The Favourite. And the first time I watched it, it was just like a magical experience, to be honest, as well. Like I was in yeah. New York by myself oh wow yeah and I had no money because I had some subscription I forgot to cancel it doesn't matter <laughs> but I literally had no money and I was by myself and it would take like two days for my money to come in and I had like yeah. I think I had like 15 or something and I was mm-hmm. like oh it's like the middle of the day I can't take the metro it costs too much I'm like in Brooklyn <laughs> so I just went to like a daytime screening which was like three dollars or whatever and it was the favorite question why are you so cool <laughs> Honestly, one of my best stories. That's true. (laughs) The rest of my life does not live up to that moment. I feel like when in New York, like, it's got to be done. Also, $3 screening. Where is that here? London. Hello. Yeah, it's because it was like the middle of the day on a Monday. And there was like no one in there. So it was just me. Just you having this godlike experience. (laughs) And the funny thing is, I didn't even know this film was gay. I just wanted to watch it because I love Yorgos Lanthimos. Oh, I was going to say, what did you think it was about? But Yorgos Lanthimos. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really care. But then, to my surprise... Wow. (laughs) That must have been a big surprise. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where you're just like... good one. Yes. I think when I first saw The Favourite, I went um, in my hometown. And I went with um, one of my closest friends. And we we knew it was going to be a bit gay. We didn't really know how gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I was in a screening full of middle-aged women (laughs) 
who were not gay, might I add, and were very confused by the content of what they thought was a very nice period drama. Oh, no! (laughs) Because they do discounts for OAPs at this particular cinema that I went to at a particular time. So, obviously, we were in the... Obviously, like, you know, if you're an OAP, you've got nothing to do at, like, five o'clock. Why not? Wow. It's a great trip. So, (laughs) on one side, I had this woman... To be fair, she was laughing, fair place where, but she was having to explain to her husband what was going on. No! Like, whenever they said something, he was like, what? And she was having to explain to him. And the other, the people on the other side of us were stony-faced the entire time. I feel like that's a really, like, UK thing as well, wow. for, like, us to just not react. Dude, we're if just we, refusing if we're that this was happening. We're just like, it's not happening, I'm going to pretend it's not happening. But I was loving it. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> That's also an experience. Yeah. It's a memory. That's wow. fun. Yeah. Aside from the story then, one of my favourite things about yeah. the favourite is the cinematography. Oh I, yeah. I I've loved that I saw it in a cinema. I'm really grateful. Oh hundred percent. Because those fisheye shots are incredible. Mm. Love it so much. And it's the whole film is like set in this one place. It's so like claustrophobic almost. It's just this big castle. It's intense, isn't it? You feel yeah. like you feel like a fly... You, I mean, you literally are a fly on the wall, basically. Especially with the, the fish eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, like, really uncomfortable the entire time. Although, I like to think that's what it was actually like back in the day. You think? Yeah, I reckon they were more vulgar than we think. Yeah. 100%. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably happened all the time. <laughs> but there's some iconic lines in that film as well. Like, mm-hmm. you look like a badger. Well, yeah, That's kind of sad. <laughs> I know. Olivia Coleman as well. It's oh, amazing. This is the one incredible. she won the Oscar for, her first Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Well deserved. Absolutely. She absolutely swept the awards. Uh huh. <laughs> she has the funniest acceptance speeches. <laughs> she does. She's like completely like, just, yeah. she just like has an out of body experience. <laughs> so fun. Shout out to Olivia Coleman. Absolutely. Absolute icon. <laughs> yes. What are some more iconic lines from the film? There's <laughs> the one that popped into my head was when she like absolutely has a breakdown to the footman. Look at me! Look at me! How dare you! Close your eyes! <laughs> that was such a good impression. <laughs> I thank you. I'm here all night. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that one. What about you? Oh, she's just so like neurotic about everything. She's insane. Like, yeah. I mean, it's no wonder she's insane. She's trapped in this castle all day. She's own like she doesn't know what she's doing. She's riddled with gout. Yeah. Like she's yeah. really unwell. And like <laughs> Joyce is looking at me like what are you talking about? <laughs> um she's not well and she's like there's a war going on in France and like all of these important MPs are like and the prime minister are like looking to her being like help. And she's just like I don't know what I'm doing and then Sarah, Rachel Weiss, is like gorgeous. gorgeous. She's like telling her what to do and she's just like a shell of a person really. Yeah. It's pretty like hard hitting. Yes. Deep. <laughs> okay, yeah. I definitely can't say my favourite line now anymore because Why? it's completely opposite of all of that. Just let's do it. Let's lighten the mood. <laughs> What is the audience for this podcast? What do you mean? What is the audience? What can I say? <laughs> I don't think you can swear, but anything else is fine. My favourite line from the favourite is... <laughs> <laughs> we can't put that in. 
I figured. I forgot about that line. It's just so good. Mm. Let's just bleep it. <laughs> Go look it up on YouTube. Look up how to bleep. Yeah, I'll do that. No, oh. the line. <laughs> no, you know we didn't even like give a synopsis of the film. Give a synopsis of the film. How the sort of favorite is set in what the 18th century? Yes, England with Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, she at this point is pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I think that's fair to say. She's single, <laughs> or so it seems. <laughs> and her, uh, what is Rachel Weisz's character called? Sarah M. Something. Yeah, Sarah. But what's her role? She's like the advi- like right hand woman. Yeah, she's like her right hand girl. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes to light, and I don't think this is really a spoiler. It comes to light that yeah. there's more to their relationship than simply diplomatic or friendship. Oh, yeah. We've ba- we've said it's gay. Yes. This is a gay podcast. Yes. <laughs> and then Emma Stone comes in. Um, no, Emma Stone is my favourite. It's your favourite character and a favourite? She's she's my favourite in The Favourite and then also my favourite just in life. Oh, okay. She's great. I've loved Emma Stone for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. Thank you. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and Emma Stone, basically, I think she's supposed to be somewhat related to them. Um, she's Sarah's cousin. Right. But she I fell from grace Grace because her yeah. dad is a gambler or something. And he sold her to something. Yeah, it's really messed up. He basically yeah. lost his reputation and she had to pick up the pieces in a very not very nice way. Yeah. Um, so she comes to the castle to find a job and they basically give her like the grunt work and the mm-hmm. kitchen and all that. And then she wants to you know find her place and like work her way up to where she thinks she belongs and she does and she does yeah who's the queen's favorite i don't know <laughs> watch to find out watch the favorite <laughs> to find out who's the favorite i love that kind of um dynamic between anne and sarah and abigail though it's so good because it's like it's constantly changing and it's very stressful but also very funny and very exciting and there's some great costumes yes excellent wigs so good bunny rabbits yes ducks ducks pigeons mm-hmm horses <laughs> I don't know why we're focusing on the animals <laughs> the men are kind of animals in this film as well like, they're portrayed, like, ridiculous. That's such a like, good point, yeah. Stupid little creatures. I think that's really interesting as well, because you've yeah. got three... You've got a film with three really intense, powerful female characters, and mm. the men are just very much the side yeah. side characters, very much, like... No, they're, they're ridiculed silly. all yeah. the time. Completely ridiculed, and, like, Parliament is made to look really stupid, and it's just, like fantastic yes <laughs> it's because it, i think it's just like we were talking about audience reaction before i think it's because it's not it completely subverts all expectations yeah. of what it was like to be noble in england yes we think it was very like prim and proper chances are probably wasn't <laughs> and that's fine too pretty sure <laughs> mm-hmm. brilliant anything else you want to say about the favorite no Okay. <laughs> no. Enough. Enough. Um, we cool. still have some to get through, so. Yeah. What about your number three? My number three, I mean, I think it's, but I'm a cheerleader. 
It's just such a good film. We were talking about Orange is the New Black before. Look at all these callbacks. Natasha Lyonne yes. is incredible. Claire Duval. So, But I'm a Cheerleader is like one of the best films for like queer culture. Am I wrong? No, it's a cult classic. <laughs> it is a cult. I think that's it. You've got cult classics. You've got But I'm a Cheerleader. It's yeah. like was it 1999 2000 it was I like it was 2000 okay. or 2001 the brink of the millennium yes. <laughs> kind of that moment the turn of the century directed by Jamie Babbitt mm-hmm. um for those of you that don't know it is basically a young teenage girl long story short her family and friends tell her she's a lesbian but she doesn't know really know what that is as a concept and she's sent to this place called true directions and it's basically what you would essentially describe as a conversion camp there'd be but then like like a gay conversion camp in that it's like how do you explain i think it basically is but it's like very it's not a realistic way no no it's yeah. basically like we're gonna rid you of your gayness but yes, like it's like, really dark and like in terms of comedy it's like dark comedy yeah it's funny like they, they really make it like a caricature yeah they completely also mm. rupaul's in this film rupaul is in this film i always forget rupaul's in this film and i watch it and i'm like wow yes <laughs> rupaul is looking good <laughs> I mean, okay. she's always looking good, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a really good film. You've got yeah. Natasha Lyonne coming into this like environment of gay teens that are trying to be straight, and they're being told like how to be straight in a very heteronormative gender yeah. role way. I think this film does a really good job at not only like interrogating sexuality and what that means for a teenager but also like gender like gender yeah. identity and gender expression absolutely all very different things and very valid things um i i learned a fun fact about this film recently okay um and it's it's really cool because like clear devol's character was basically written for her the director really? went to clear devol and was like i'm writing this thing you would be perfect in this role, the role of Graham. I always feel weird saying that because Graham's my dad's name. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Shout out to you, Dad. <laughs> He's wow. not listening. <laughs> but um, yeah, like she basically was like, "This is your role. Go nuts!" And like, Claire Duvall basically came up with that's insane. Graham. Yeah, it's, it's so perfect. It is really great. Like how she like. And everyone always says, like, Graham is cleared of all. Mm-hmm. But that's true, because she got to basically do her own thing with the character, which is always exciting when actors get that freedom, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, you've seen But I'm a Cheerleader, right? Yes. Thoughts? Well, I love it. It's just, I mean, it's so funny mm. in the way it portrays all these actually really real issues. Oh, yeah. But 100%. it completely, like makes it seem so stupid yeah like the whole conversion program the five step thing the first step they have to do is admit that they're a homosexual right and it's so funny like it's so <laughs> Natasha Leone's character it comes in a day after everyone after everyone else yeah so everyone there has already admitted they're a homosexual <laughs> but she hasn't because she doesn't believe it anyway she doesn't even know what it is really, she doesn't she's like, like 
how can I be a lesbian? I'm a cheerleader. That's like the whole thing. That's an iconic line. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Title drop. Roll credits. <laughs> it's like five seconds into the film. <laughs> Literally. But it's so funny because she has like posters of half-naked women in her locker. She, Red flag. Rainbow flag. Sorry. Rainbow flag. Rainbow flag. Um, she's like... They show her making out with her boyfriend and it's super sloppy she and hates disgusting. It. She yeah. hates it. And she like thinks about the girls on her cheerleading team while she's making out with him. Rainbow flag number two. Yes. <laughs> she's a vegetarian. <laughs> Rainbow flag number three. Um, yeah, I think those are the things they bring up in the intervention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And also like she talks about how her dad lost her job lost his job sorry for a little bit and like how her mum had to kind of be the bread quote unquote breadwinner of the family and they really latch onto that as a narrative like oh because you saw your mum as the father figure and your dad as kind of the at home figure you've got confused ideas about your sexuality first of all what the hell (laughs) (laughs) but obviously the film pokes fun at these kind of ideas like of small town America and like really blows them up um, exactly. I mean, it just the funniest thing is just how they're dressed in this facility. All the girls are wearing like fully pink clothes, yeah. and they're like sleep in like a fully pink room. It's so. And pink. then the guys are completely in blue, like a blue room. It's just so funny. Yeah. And um, I, it's just, it is just so funny. But I think as well, like as you were saying, there are kind of like pockets of seriousness when like you're like oh that's a real issue that they're satirizing mm-hmm. like we can see that replicated honestly i think those pockets of issues that you're talking about mostly happen outside of the facility like when they go to the bar for oh example. interesting that's yeah. like when actual real stuff happens yeah that's not just like that's so around. true yeah when they get when they get broken out by the xx gays <laughs> to go to the gay bar that's iconic so fun um yeah. I think as well for me, like what really got me watching it, rewatching it as an adult, is like just the lack of <laughs> serious adult moment, the lack of education, like about that stuff. Like mm-hmm. Megan Natasha Leone has no concept of homosexuality, what that yeah. could mean, the consequences of being caught. Yeah, and like also her thinking like, oh, I thought this was normal, like. Like, I thought everyone had these Didn't thoughts. Didn't we all? Didn't we all think that <laughs> everyone had that. these thoughts? Spoiler alert. They don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I have nothing but love for But I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah. And it's really, it's a really fun watch. Like, it's not... It is fun. It's not, like, it's not serious at all. No. So, yeah, good good one. Good time. Good one. That's good a really good times. one in your top three. Yeah, now yeah. I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Should glad. it be number two? Glad I'm I'm number one. <laughs> well, stay tuned for the rest of the top three. Wow, oh, podcast choice. <laughs> podcast voice choice. <laughs> Am I drunk? No, I'm not. Oh it's 20 past seven in the PM. Oh, wait, so that means nothing. I don't know why I'm saying I was that. trying to like make a connection. It's your day off, too. It's my day off. I do work tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> same. Um, Let's talk about your next film. Your number two. My number two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a child. <laughs> we just talked about being adults, Amber. <laughs> um, yeah, my number two is a cinematic masterpiece. Honestly, quality-wise, 
could just be one of my favorite films of all time, mm. like regardless of the gay. Um, that's The Handmaiden <laughs> by Park Chan-wook. Yes. So. And wait, I'm so <laughs> excited to hear your reaction because we haven't talked about it yet. Because I've told you to watch this for so long, and you finally did. <laughs> this is I don't know what you think. It's become a thing in mine and Joyce's friendship that I have not seen The Handmaiden. Yes. And also, like, I don't know. I felt like... I don't know why I never watched it. I think I was waiting to watch it with my girlfriend. And we just never, like, had time. Because it's two and a half hours long. The director's cut is potentially, arguably, even three longer. Hours. Three hours. Who has time to sit and watch a three-hour film? Anyone with taste. Don't argue. <laughs> I literally saw Joyce's face and was like, she's coming like, to attack. try me. We're on a film podcast. <laughs> um, it became a thing very quickly in our friendship. Like, you've not seen The Handmaiden. Have you watched The Handmaiden yet? Also, with my other friend, Danny, he has been on at me nonstop. Have you watched The Handmaiden? Girl, what did you think of The Handmaiden? Mm-hmm. Why have you not seen it? Because especially as well, like, I love Korean cinema. Like, who doesn't, first of all? Yes. But, like, this is, like, a cinematic masterpiece. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was so excited to just hear what you have to say about it. Please just go. Wait, should we give a little synopsis first? You give a little synopsis, and then we'll but, see what happens. Yes. <laughs> so, to keep it spoiler-free, honestly, yeah. you should go into it pretty blind. Oh, I think... In my opinion, that made it better because yeah, I didn't know what to expect and I was absolutely blown away. So, honestly, the only thing I have to say is don't look up anything about it if you haven't seen it before. Yeah. Watch it and then probably listen to this. Because how did we talk about this film without spoiling? I don't know. Okay. We, Give it we, your best shot. We'll try it, we'll try it. <laughs> so, basically, um, The Handmaid is based on a book by Sarah Waters that is set in London. Fingersmith. It's Fingersmith, yeah. yeah. And it's set in London, so it's a very different setting. Mm. This one is set in South Korea. Yeah. It's just Korea. Korea. South Korea? Yeah, I don't think they were split yet. No, I, yeah, because it was under Japanese rule, right? So it wasn't yeah. split yet. Okay, so Korea. Know your um, history. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, everyone, not oh. just you. <laughs> that wasn't I me. I felt attacked. That wasn't me calling you out. Just everyone, know your history. It's mm-hmm. very complex history. So yeah, it's set in Korea, and it's basically about this girl, Suki, who's a thief, like a professional thief, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, she they just, they're like a poor family, but they just thieve away, and um, they're like con men, basically. Mm-hmm. And then she gets this job that's so promising, like lots of pay she's going to get from it. <laughs> where she basically has to become the handmaiden or like the lady's maid or whatever to um, this lady who lives with her uncle on a massive massive estate really um, yeah so her and this guy come up with this whole elaborate plan to rob her of everything and then you'll have to watch the movie <laughs> that was amazing I got chills because <laughs> it's so good so this film is incredible I cannot believe I didn't watch it sooner and everyone that's been wanting me to watch this film is going to hate that I've just said that because they've been trying to get me to watch it for so long yes. it came out in 2016 why mm-hmm. did it take me so long that was a good year I feel like Korean cinema just really has the budget to just go all out yeah and and they don't hold back it's beautiful like yes. yes but not just the like look of the film but like the like the themes and the feel of the film like yes 
it's just so like female gaze mm. female gaze and female gaze if you hell yeah I mean. the female <laughs> not the male gaze the female gaze female gaze and I just loved it first of all didn't realise that it was based on Fingersmith until I looked, googled after the film mm-hmm. I've not read Fingersmith have you read Fingersmith? yeah did you like it? Yeah, it's it's very different. I, yeah. I feel like it's very different. I feel like it may, it sounds like it's loosely based. I mean, given that yes. it's an entirely different setting. <laughs> yes, yeah, completely different setting. But, but I mean, the ideas are the same, definitely. Yeah, sure, definitely. Also, like, just based on the look and the feel of the film, like, aesthetics of beauty is like a very prevalent theme, and that I just like loved that, and like trust between. Suki and Hideko like mm-hmm. the two women in the film very much like trust each other yes at least at first watch and find out <laughs> I'm trying Ooh. not to spoil this film because it is like you really do have to go in blind with this film yeah like, it, it just is, makes it so much better it's so poetic like the script yes. is so poetic I don't know if I wrote down any particular lines but there were a few where I was like that is poetry oh. Um, and like just I feel like everything I've written down like I've made some notes because obviously I hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. I feel like everything I've written down is just going to spoil it because there's that's so it. many it's so hard to talk about this film and it's brilliant that's the thing it's so layered there's so many twists and turns yeah. so many like plot twist upon plot twist upon plot twist yes. I mean I got whiplash <laughs> <laughs> And just, yeah, I mean, it is just beautiful. Tell yes. me your thoughts now. Well, I'm going to try and think about things that happened in the first maybe like 30 minutes, just to not spoil it really. But I remember yeah. the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in the first part of the film yeah. is when um, Hidako is in the bathtub and Suki files her tooth. Yes! <gasps> it's oh. so charged. My it's actually God. insane. Has such like a small action literally tells the entire like tells both of their feelings just this little like action that's so true i also feel like with with this film and as well a lot of the films that we've talked about and are going to talk about like Mm -hmm. long takes are really like we didn't even talk about that with the favorite like long takes close up on the woman's face yes getting like and you you get every single sense of what they're feeling what they're thinking it's so like it's so exposing it's like really vulnerable yes and honestly like in a lot of these scenes you're just kind of like on the tip of your chair like I was tension I was shook that transcends like beyond the screen like you can feel it it yeah it is so palpable isn't it like there was one particular scene no spoilers but I think you know the scene I'm talking about where I was literally like oh my god I like I can't sit down like <laughs> like this is like so much and I'm very oh overwhelmed god. and also like what am I watching this is a cinematic masterpiece yes like I'm almost kind of I'm gonna sound like such an anti-cinema person by saying this but I'm, al- I'm almost kind of glad I didn't see it on the big screen because I feel like it would have been so overwhelming and I just would have been so like like shook <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how else to explain that, but it was a lot. I mean, yeah, it's still like that when I watch it, though. I've seen it so many times now, and I still enjoy it so much. Like, the turns and the plot twists and everything still get me. It's so layered. And, like, also, I think 
I'm watching my words. Yes. <laughs> it's not what I thought it was going to be. I what thought did you think? it was going to be really dark and really terrible. Oh. And there are moments where it's really scary and really and and dark. I mean, it's an 18 rating. Yeah. So you know there's going to be some intense stuff in there, but it wasn't all that. No, it's very well balanced. Yeah. But there's a lot of violence in it and yes. a lot of like psychological violence. I think that's the thing that I kind of I had to kind of like try and switch off from, like the psychological horror mm-hmm. because it was very I mean it's very dark yeah but the like, way they present it and especially like what yeah. happens around it kind of makes up for it in like the balance way like it, you, you do get that balance between it's not just it's not a horror film no like no. some parts of it could make it a horror film probably but it's, Wik- yeah Wikipedia describes it as an erotic psychological thriller honestly it makes sense I say that's fair yeah <laughs> thanks Wikipedia <laughs> good description so <laughs> funny story with the handmaiden yeah when i first watched it i loved it so much that i was having a conversation with my brother <laughs> and my mom was there Go on. and i was like my brother also loves movies and film and i was like you need to watch the handmaiden oh my god it's so good i can't i can't recommend it more <laughs> and my mom was there and she heard it and she was like the handmaiden oh okay and then i i know i had just watched it so i should have known but I, yeah, I didn't think of, like, anything about it. And then I watched it again, and my mom still hadn't seen it at that point. Mm. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, my mom cannot watch this. There are some things that you don't watch with your parents, and this yes. is one of them. I, I'm sure as you are the same, I love my parents to death. But if I watched this with them, I would expire. <laughs> literally. Literally. I, I watched it, and then especially the end. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I was like, <laughs> no, if my mom watches this, it's going to corrupt she her. It? No, I told her that she shouldn't watch it because it's super violent and so, like graphic. What does she say? She said, oh yeah, then definitely not. And I was like, Thank God for that. Thank God. <laughs> Dodged a bullet with that one, Joyce. Ooh. She's going to be coming to you like, you told me to watch this and I'm confused. It's it's even more awkward. You know, when your parents know you're gay. My mom knows I'm gay. Is she going to watch this film? And then imagine that that's me. No, surely not. I mean, I, I understand the anxiety, though. Like, yes. when when you're out to your family and, like, 
you can't always judge the reaction yes. especially when they're watching something that's in like popular media yes because yeah. straight like erotic straight scenes are so common that honestly you don't think about it twice yeah but then when it's like two women or two men or whatever you kind of like it stands out more because it's not the norm and also if it's if it's a good film and if it's like a film that you really like and respect and enjoy you don't want that you don't want someone to be like oh my god that was horrible I hated it which guaranteed no one's gonna say that watching The Handmaiden like I mean let me know if you don't like it please (laughs) listeners (laughs) Um, feel welcome to never listen to this podcast again (laughs) I'm kidding. It is very intense. Lots of trigger warnings are needed. Oh, absolutely. But, but it's just so good. It's so good. I'm I'm yeah. so happy you loved it. Yeah. Let's talk about it in spoiler after this recording. We Yeah, this microphone's going to go off and we're going to be like, listen. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> yes. Feel like feel like I'm not holding back too much, but... Yeah. Still want to hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Well... Let's move on. Yeah, what's your number two? Moonlight. Barry Jenkins's Moonlight. Which did it? Did that come out in the same year as The Handmaiden? I think so. Twenty sixteen. No. Twenty seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, I was close. Yeah. Well, still, kind of around same era. <laughs> era. <laughs> That's not right. Anyway, Moonlight. You probably all know the plot. It's you know centers Chiron, um, a young man, and it it three chapters him as a boy him as a teenager him as a man what do you think of Moonlight? I loved Moonlight yeah. I've only seen it once I feel like it's you've only seen it once yeah I, I don't know if I want to rewatch it anytime soon I feel like that experience was very big and super impactful I know what you mean yeah and I, I don't it's not like the type of film that I, I want to watch multiple times in a short period because mm. it stuck with me so much that's a good point actually I feel like I I haven't rewatched it recently. I think like every time I do watch it, like I don't watch it in like. I think I, I watched it and then waited a year and then watched it again. Mm. Like I don't know. That, that that kind of retains its impact. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a beautiful film. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to talk about it. It's, I know. it's honestly it's just like, it's really powerful and I think like it's obviously like we've been talking a lot about queer women but like that experience as like a young gay man in growing up in America and growing up black and growing up gay like entry on masculinity is really powerful it's I mean it's visually stunning yeah I remember even the music and the sound of like the beach and the waves yeah. Oh, just so like serene. It's it's very, you know what? It's such a difficult topic, and it's so hard, especially yeah. the experience of the main character. Like it's it's very dark for him. Yeah. But then, you know, that beach and the water is so serene. Like when he's floating in the water, oh, it's yeah. so, it's so peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's like a very stark contrast with his like inner turmoil. It's like a journey to acceptance, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. feeling comfortable within himself and feeling comfortable the way he presents himself to others. Yeah. Also, like what you were saying about the sound of the sea. It's very like the film is very tactile. I can't think of another word to describe yeah. it, but you can really like it's like haptics. You can really feel the film. Yes. And like 
there are films like that like call me by your name and mm-hmm. other films that we're going to talk about in just a second but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like you can really feel what they're feeling and it's like really sensory and there's yes. loads of youtube videos on like the phenomenal i can never say that word phenomenology like yes. to, like sensory imagery of yeah moonlight that's so true i remember that it's, it's like the scene i don't remember which one it is they're in the sand and just like I think it's like their fingers or toes or whatever like yeah. in the sand it's just you're like right there basically yeah it is kind of it's not like a fly on the wall in a sense it's like you're in it yeah it is very like you are part of that journey and that's like such a beautiful thing we're getting serious but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good film like yeah it's really good Janelle Monae's in this film as well shout out to Janelle Monae absolute icon bisexual icon yeah bisexual non-binary icon <gasps> <laughs> um they are amazing um and just like that kind of um connection that Chiron has to their character mm-hmm. as like a maternal figure is something that Chiron doesn't have and that's really beautiful as well to witness so many good things about Moonlight honestly it is so good and like the heat again going back to like feelings like the heat you can feel the heat of Florida yeah I think Barry Jenkins said that it was like I think he kind of wrote it based on his own experience of Florida Mm -hmm. I think that's what he said but like you can feel that like reality very much wow Steep man, it's a good, it's a really good film. It's really good. It's yeah. really um, hard. Like it's not very yeah. light. No, it's a, it is a hard watch. But like, yeah. I like to think that it's hopeful in lots of ways as well. Mhm. Yeah. 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 You don't agree? <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like it has been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. I watched it once only. So maybe I should rewatch it. Maybe the time yeah, has come. Definitely. And then maybe we can talk about if your thoughts have changed on a new, another episode Ooh. and see. <laughs> see what My thoughts always change. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce's tagline: "I'm a Gemini." <laughs> yeah, always comes up. I don't know why. Because I'm self-involved. <laughs> Speaking of being a Gemini, tell me what your favorite film is. My favorite queer, favorite queer film, film is by a mile. Portrait of a Lady on Fire <laughs> by Celine Sciamma one of my favourite directors I love every single oh, yeah. thing she's done I don't think I've seen anything else she's done what else has she done? Did you ever watch Water Lilies? No it's also gay I'll add it to my letterboxed watch list yes. <laughs> and she wrote My Life as a Courgette okay I've not heard of that either it's like claymation why is this why is this podcast a list of things that I haven't seen? <laughs> like, I'm, I can go back and listen to these and, like, create my own watch list. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, sorry. But Tell yes, me about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, I love it so much. I, I'll, I'll give a little synopsis first. It's basically two hours of, like, two women and another woman sometimes and then some <laughs> other characters. <laughs> Um, so it's about <laughs> this painter, um, Marianne. Yes. Who goes to a little island off the coast of France in Brittany. Lush. Lush. To paint the wedding portrait of Heloise. 
She's being married off to a Milanese gentleman mm. that her mom picked out for her because her sister um, killed herself, so she wouldn't have to do that. So now she has to do it instead. Wow. Yes. And then it's basically just them for a few days. Just them and the maid, who is also a lovely character. I think her name is Sophie. Yeah. Um, and she has a very great. powerful story as well. Mm. Um so yeah, it's a very I like to think of this film as just very quiet and slow and empty where the characters are everything and you can feel with them like this connection they have grow. Like you can just feel it with them because there's nothing else. It's just them. This the sets are very bare and in a very nice way. Mm. But you know, it's it's really just them. So you just go on this journey with them I've said that so many no, times now but. I love that though it's so true like it's so immersive isn't it yeah like again what we were saying the sound of the waves the sound of nature is like mm-hmm. that perforates through the whole film also made me want to go on holiday just because <laughs> the landscape is gorgeous and gorgeous. everything about this film is gorgeous yes um also like so <laughs> Disclaimer, first time I watched this film, I fell asleep. Joyce is rolling her eyes at me because so she was really cross. She was, I couldn't believe it when you told me that. I was watching this film with my girlfriend and I was really tired and I fell asleep. So, in a way, <clears throat> when I watched this film the other day, I was kind of watching it for the first time. Because it's hit the same. Because mm-hmm. I remembered some parts of it, but then other parts, like, I think I must have been drifting in and out of sleep. Because <laughs> some parts I remember, and then some parts I'm like, I don't remember that happening at all. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really powerful, like, to have that, ex- like, experience again. Mm-hmm. There's this really artsy shot, I want to talk to you about it, but it's like when she first gets to the house and it's like quiet and still and it's nighttime and she sat smoking in front of the fire and her like her canvas has basically got dropped in the ocean when she was sailing to the island so yes. she's drying them either side of the fire and just that shot of her like looking at them dry is like it sounds really basic but like it's so aesthetic <laughs> honestly yeah, and this film is full of shots like that, you know. Yeah. And they, it's you mentioned it earlier, but they're like long shots as well. Yeah. And you just sit there and you just watch this beautiful thing. But I think it kind of you're right because it kind of like sums up that this film is about looking. Mm-hmm. It's about gazing and like observing because obviously she's observing Heloise. Yes. Like. Yes. Yeah. And there's a really great scene where they talk about this. Oh yeah. Where she's. Um, Marianne is talking about Heloise's mannerisms mm. and because she watches her constantly because she's painting her yeah. and then Heloise gets like kind of mad and she fires back and she's like I look at you as well all the time because when you're looking at me what am I looking at? Oh, I you know? love that and then yeah. she starts mentioning Marianne's mannerisms Yeah. so yeah, they explicitly mention that all they do is gaze at each other oh, it yeah. is it is beautiful. I know we said The Handmaiden was a masterpiece. This is also a masterpiece. This is also a masterpiece. And I literally was like, I've been wanting to talk about Portrait, like, for a lot of this episode, like, at least 10, 15 minutes. Because I'm like, it's so like happy. Portrait because it's about looking and yeah. feeling. And 
the director, she also described the film as, and I quote, a manifesto, a manifesto of the female gaze. Do you think that's fair? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's, what, one male character in this film? There's some in the boat at the start. Yeah. But after that, it's just the guy that takes away the painting. But that's like right at the end. Yeah. There's, there's no, no men. men. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> And also, like, women coming together to support each other as well. Like, yes. it's very much like, I'm a woman, I have control over my body, like, I have control of my mind, like... Yes. I, I mean, there's Sophie's it. story, which is all about um, unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. In that time where this is just not a thing. And it's... Well, right now it's also very fragile, but... Yeah. I mean, then there was just, you know, it was all ho- homemade... So. Yeah, I was thinking about that whilst watching it as well, obviously, because obviously the women are coming together to support her and kind of the... I won't go into it in too much detail, but, like, the way they, the way that they go about helping her, it's like... I feel like that's something that is very much in my mind. It's very current politically for us at the yes. minute. So I was watching that and I was having these thoughts and I was like, wow. Like, it, like, that made it all the more powerful for me. Yeah, like watching it in this climate you know what you said like manifesto of the female gaze but it's also kind of a manifesto of what life is like when it's just between women oh, yeah. like there's so much like care and support for each other mm. and like just acceptance and tenderness girls supporting girls honestly <laughs> like there's things that happen in, in this film that are like taboo or whatever Yeah, but it's not brought up like it's taboo at all yeah I like that as well I'm gonna quote my favourite line please when I can't remember which one of them said it now but anyway the the line is do all lovers feel like they're inventing something and like (laughs) round of applause (laughs) mic drop (laughs) but like it's that is kind of what this film is about two women supporting each other coming together feeling like emotions together yeah and like learning about like learning about like femininity and womanhood in that process yes oh absolutely so nice so Um, nice there's also this big debate after it's not really a debate after the film or like an observation yeah about um their first kiss I don't know if this is a spoiler, but it is about it is a gay movie. I mean, it's a gay film. We're talking about queer film. <laughs> I guess this is a bit of a spoiler. Like, you should not know about this. So close your ears if you haven't seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <laughs> Skip ahead like a minute. Um, there was this whole big deal about consent and about okay. how two women together is just different because um, mm. their first kiss is basically them both consenting to it because their their mouths are covered and they each take off their own. Oh yeah, on the for the beach. Yeah, that's beautiful. So there was this whole thing about, and so Silenciama did an interview because she talks about her writing process a lot, and she's she's such an amazing screenwriter. The way she just goes about writing her movies, I love it. Um, But she mentioned that she started with just random little scenes that she wanted in a movie. I like that. Yeah, and the kiss was one of them. She wanted something where both people consent to it. Like physically, you can feel as well, like watching how much they want each other in that moment, yeah. and it is just like sensational. <sighs> it's so good. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it's there's a lot of themes in this film. Mm. Like it feels so like bare and slow 
but there's so much to it. Yeah. And I just, I love it so much. <laughs> Freedom is a big thing that comes up in a lot of these films, yes. I think, that are our favourites, funnily enough. It's like True. the the wanting for freedom, the lack of freedom that you've been afforded because of your gender or mm-hmm. your sexuality or whatever, and like striving to break free from that. Also, I don't know if this is a spoiler or a lot, a lot of our favourite films have happy endings. I love that. And I love that well. because... Us as gay teens, spending so long trying to find a positive, happy film. And the ones that we're talking about, they do have... They've been created at all different times, but they are hopeful at the end of the day. And that's nice. That is nice. (laughs) Getting a sentimental in my old age. (laughs) Your old age. But yeah, portrait, final thoughts. Um, yeah, it's my fa- it's it's one of my favorite films of all time, regardless of the queerness. Yeah, um, but I it's agree. my favorite queer film, and I knew that from the first time I watched it. Yeah, like the film ended, and I sat through all the credits just in awe, really? still crying a little bit as well. Wow. Yeah, and then I went back to the cinema like three times to watch it while I was still on, like in the cinema. That's power. Yeah, I love that. I love it. That's so yeah. good. So it's your number one. My number one can't believe we're here already yeah my number one is saving face and that is a film made in the early noughties again directed by alice Wu, who i love alice Wu. she has directed two films one you may know it's the half of it on netflix it came out more recently but her first film was saving face and this film like i don't know there's just something about it that gets me every time so i'll give a little summary it's about um, it's about a, a young woman called Will who's a doctor. She's very like professionally successful. Um, she ha- lives in New York. She's grown up in New York with her mum, and um, she's very part of a New York Chinese community. And she's just trying to navigate her life. And then she just so happens to fall in love with the another girl within the community and it is beautiful and it is funny and it's uplifting and there's so many different aspects of like love and culture like Will's trying to navigate her like first serious relationship with a woman whilst also trying to deal with her mum who like doesn't know she's gay and like is also a chaotic mess (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and it is just so good I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, like, um, basically what happens is while she's getting in this relationship um, with this woman, Vivian, um, Will's mother finds out that she's unexpectedly pregnant, which is very bizarre for both of them. And they're trying to navigate this and all within this tight knit community. And like, I, I just, I can't praise this film enough. I absolutely love it. It's so like it's just so hopeful and nice and like looks to the future as just like a a good thing yeah i like it you've seen saving face yeah i've seen it twice now um yeah i I agree with you it's very and you know what it's what i was thinking when i watched it today is that the queerness of it is not like necessarily the only or like the main storyline 
exactly like there's, there's a lot of other things as well so it almost feels like just a very normal thing and for yeah. a naughty's film that's impressive it's a big deal for a naughty's film like yeah like films like but i'm a cheerleader and imagine me and you like it's queerness is very central yeah and, like, it's like the whole dramatic thing but saving face you could you could completely talk about the the story of the mother and still have the full film yeah like, you know what i mean it's like it's not like it's all about that it's it's very normal in it even though for yeah. for will it's not like it's Will's hard the for only her one. yeah and she's struggling yeah exactly. because of the community she lives in and all of that but it, her queerness seems very normal I, I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much yeah. is that it is just like she is allowed to just exist as she is it's not questioned yeah. I mean there is a brief scene where it, there's a conflict but it's resolved eventually yeah. and it is just like a mother-daughter relationship they're trying to like they're trying to repair their own relationship and mm-hmm. also coexist together yeah um, and not neglect their culture. Yeah. Um, you know, and, she, yeah. she's super comfortable with her sexuality. Like, maybe yeah. not showing it to other people, but it's never like... A, um, she, I mean, she's, always, she's obviously, like, what, late 20s? As yeah, a I mean, she's a doctor, so she must be, like, yeah, at least like mid-20s. Resident yeah, well, if she's a resident, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to do the American medical maths. <laughs> <laughs> the medical maths. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but she she's very... She knows. She's comfortable. She has no doubts. Yeah, I think no. that does come into, like, contention a little bit. Like, when she starts dating Vivian, Vivian is, like... Yes. She's a dancer. She's very confident in herself. She's very open about it. Yeah. So when she wants to do PDA, when she wants to, like, take a step forward, Will is hesitant. And that is a point of conflict. But, like, they just bring out the best in each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, like warm it's like a warm hug (laughs) it is like a warm hug I come back to saving face every time and I'm just it just never ceases to amaze me that's really sweet it's just so nice no definitely and I think it's like also very relatable even I mean I'm obviously not part of a Chinese community no no but relatable in terms of the queerness for sure queerness and you know the PDA thing like yeah it's different as a queer couple to PDA on the street yeah it's very different than when you're in a straight relationship yeah I think I can relate to that like PDA stuff because like I am always a bit wary about it even though I'm very comfortably openly gay and I feel like that's how she is she's very comfortable with herself but then when it comes to like showing that definitely then it becomes like oh something hard and then Vivian's the complete opposite Vivian's like I am who I am take it or leave it it's it's so realistic because I feel like a lot of queer couples are like that one of them doesn't care and the other is more reserved about it yeah that's a really good point actually so I think it's just very relatable on that that aspect too it's very real. The director is... Well, is, is she queer? Yes. Yeah, she's a lesbian. There you go. That, yeah. makes, that makes so much sense. She replied to one of my tweets once. And I like absolutely <gasps> lost my mind. So it was for... I wrote a review for UK Film Review, actually. Wow. Uh, of the half of it, her film. And then I talked about in the... I mean, I, I have not read the review back in a while. But I think I talked about how, like this film because obviously that film came out in 2020 and Saving Face I think came out in 2004 
like mm. early noughties. So I, I talked about Saving Face briefly and kind of the trajectory. Trajectory? Can I speak? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like the journey from like how like queer rights have advanced in America and like like from then till now. And yeah, I tweeted my review out and, and tagged her in it. And she was like, oh, thanks so much. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> Shout amazing. out to Alice Wu. Like she is so, she's such, she wrote, and direct both of them as far yeah. as I'm aware like she is so she, like she puts such relatable things into words like I have not like I just love her like I really respect her that's amazing as a filmmaker yeah. she's so cool I want her to do more films <laughs> yes let's actually let's think about um how many queer directors are our favorite films directors does that make sense oh yeah um, that was a very badly constructed do you sentence. have one the favorite well Celine Siama is yeah is gay Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. And you have Alice Wu. Yeah. Um, and the other two of mine are directed by men, so... <laughs> That's okay, though. Yeah, I think they're both straight. Oh, okay, well. Oh, um, the other two favourite films. I actually don't know... Um, who's that? I don't know Jamie Babbitt, who did But I'm a Cheerleader. I don't know what her sexuality is. Let's Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Rabbit, sexuality. <laughs> How many times Stamp. have you done this with actors? You're like, um, this is yeah. actor. Are they gay? Sexuality. Kate Blanchett, gay? Question mark. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jamie Babbitt is bisexual. There we go. Oh, wait. Not, oh. She said, I have a lot of labels. Lesbian would be one. Bisexual. Okay. Mother. White. Woman. Midwestern. I embrace them all. I rate that. I would just say queer. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I've been liking... I know some people don't like the word queer, but I really am starting to like using it to describe myself a lot more. Yeah. Than I did before. It's it's nice because it's yeah. basically label-free. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And like... Uh, yeah. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good. Um... What I realised we didn't do at the start of this podcast is talk about... We were going to do this thing where we talked about um, what's something gay we've done this week. Oh, yeah! So I feel like that would be a really nice way to round off yes. our discussion. Yeah. Joyce, what's something gay you've done this week? Um, well, my week has been pretty boring. I've been working a lot, so... But... Aside from existing, which is gay in itself, <laughs> in my case, um, I started watching season two of The Wilds. Ooh. Yes, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. I've heard you tell me little bits about it. Is that yes. that prison drama? No, that's Wentworth. I'm oh, so sorry. God. We need to talk about Wentworth at some point. <laughs> I love Wentworth. Tell me about tell me about The Wilds. The, it's just like an Amazon show. I'm not going to say it's that good, but it's really entertaining. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's alright. No, it's fine. This it's like Lost, space. but with teenagers. The so, Lost what? Lost. The TV show Lost. Oh, it's like Lost, but with teenagers and they're yes. gay. Do you know what? They're not all gay. I might have seen an advert for this. Oh, good. I feel like I've definitely seen something to yeah. do with gayness. There's two girls in it, and yeah, they, they're they gay together. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Don't we love that on this podcast? Oh my god, it's like my favourite thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, season two just came out, so I've been Very watching nice. that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. What about you? So, I've already kind of told you about this. <laughs> On Thursday, I went to see Girl in Red in concert. For those of you that don't know, Girl in Red is a lesbian icon. Absolutely. She is a young lesbian who 
um, funnily enough, we actually saw her last show because she had to cancel her tour, unfortunately. She's not very well. So, oh no. Shout out to Girl in Red. I hope she's feeling better yeah. because that was really sad. Um, but she was amazing. It was a really good concert. Really enjoyed it. It was really gay because I was in a room full of gay teenagers. <laughs> we turned up and we were walking down the queue. We went. It was at the Roundhouse in Camden, and we were walking down the queue, and we were like, "What?" <laughs> Oh I don't know God. what I was thinking. I think because I've liked Girl in Red for so long, yeah, I didn't. It didn't occur to me, stupidly, that like younger people than me would like her. But then, of course, like since I've started, like two years after I started listening to her, she like blew up on TikTok with mm-hmm. like like loads of clips of her songs. So, of course, young people like her. <laughs> So I was in a room full of teenagers feeling very much my age and I was like I mean I'm not that old guys but like <laughs> like You're they were all really young and they were all talking about their GCSEs and like taking their driving lessons I was like vibes but also like <laughs> it was different kind of, world it was kind of bittersweet because I was like I am so happy for them that they get this space to just exist and be their true gay selves and they were also extra and I loved it Mm -hmm. Um, but then also like oh man I wish I had that at 15, 16 I wish I had that kind of environment and like there were so many supportive parents really? people like queuing with the queuing with their kids and then there were loads of supportive supportive parents in the venue like reading books like at the bar (laughs) at the roundhouse i respect that and we were like oh my god like it made my heart so warm that like that like these people's parents like were there with them to support them on their on their gay journey and like i mean girl in red is a great artist anyway so it was true good things So well, that sounds really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, yeah, and very gay. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's we, great. Yeah, I feel like um, we were also going to talk about. <laughs> we did really well on the outline. We were going to start with that, and then we were going to end with an example of a queer character that is good representation. Yes. But we can just talk about them both now. It's fine. Yes. What's your example? on this episode <laughs> I completely forgot that this was a part of the episode I'm so sorry it's not like uh, <laughs> I feel like I've just sprung everything on you <clears throat> oh you go first <laughs> I'll go first um, mine is basically every character in Heartstopper I can't pick just one mm-hmm. Charlie Nick L, Tao Isaac yeah. all of them they are just so like Again, it's like with the the queer teen thing. It's like it's so nice that kids can watch a really big Netflix series and like relate to that. Yeah. Especially in the UK, it's very much a product of UK high school culture. <laughs> it's very relatable. So, yeah, I feel like that's my one for this week. It the Heartstopper is beautiful. Yeah. I know you haven't seen it, Joyce. I haven't seen it, but I, I will. It's so good. Yeah. It is just so heartwarming. And again, bittersweet for like older gays that like didn't necessarily have a positive time of it. But it's still very good. Mm. It's very nice to watch. Yeah. Oh that's nice. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think, but I've I've been watching things where I the representation maybe isn't that good. 
<laughs> you can we can Wentworth. talk about we can talk about a bad one. You can you can share a bad one. Um, what to avoid? You know, actually, um, it's so old, so I feel like it's not really that relevant. But mm. I have been rewatching Wentworth because it's just my comfort show. Now that's the prison one, right? That's the prison one. Okay, it's the Australian prison one. Got it. I'm I'm on the I'm on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to nominate B Smith today okay as um queer person um of good representation so basically b smith um she's the main character in the first four seasons and she comes into the prison because she almost well she attempted to murder her abusive husband wow who she married at 18 never been in a different relationship ever um basically they divorce so she's single but she's in prison now <laughs> you see where this is going yeah <laughs> but basically there's this whole story she falls in love with this girl called Ali and it's so wonderful it's really so like tender and so like soft and sweet because B doesn't she never considered herself queer at all and there's there's a scene where she's talking to the prison therapist about you know do you think like gay gay is real or whatever and the therapist, who's one of my favorite characters, by the way, her name is Bridget Westfall. <laughs> we can nominate Bridget too. Yes, That's absolutely. Fine. <laughs> she she goes on, on in this whole like, on this whole spiel about how it's not black and white. Like it's not because you were married to a man that now you can't be gay or whatever. Wow. But, like she knows a lot of people that into their adult years thought they were straight and then found a person and suddenly it wasn't like that anymore. So it's just like her relationship with Ali just is a lot about like queerness and slow realization and you know. I like that. How, yeah, gray areas, how things change. Yeah, because I feel like there's not a lot, a lot, a lot of representation out there like where it's like, I'm older and now I'm realizing these thoughts. We're yeah. very much into the teen coming of, coming of age thing yeah. at the minute. So that's that's yeah. very nice yeah that was a very nice note to end on give it up for b smith <laughs> give it up for b smith <laughs> wow wow we've covered a lot of ground in this one hour and 12 minutes and 46 seconds wow <laughs> it's definitely not gonna be that timestamp if i'm editing <laughs> as i definitely will be need to bleep out some things there <laughs> but thank you very much um for listening to this episode of gay actually the first yeah. one I'm super excited about it. I'm it's very excited for next month's because yes. I feel like I know what it's going to be already. So tune in cool. to find out um, what we talk about next month. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us. You yeah. can tweet your thoughts. Tweet um, your thoughts and your favourites. Yeah, tweet your thoughts and we your favourites. Talk about our favourites, talk about yours. Super UK curious. Film Review's Twitter is UKF Review. So let us know. Let us know what you thought. We're very excited for some feedback. Um, And yeah, thanks, Joyce. Thanks, Amber. (laughs) Thanks very much. Bye, everyone. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.